Welcome to episode 25 of the All Out Blitz podcast. I'm Brendan Moore with Will and Tom yet again uh, at different undisclosed locations throughout the Midwest and Michigan and Ohio. Uh, so today, jam-packed show. Absolutely jam-packed. NFL position groups, we're grading them like last week with the wheel of teams, the wheel positions. We're grading the NFL position groups. We got a new segment, uh, buying or selling. The, guy, the boys will give you four NFL players, and they're going to tell you if they're going to buy their stock or sell their stock. 8.30, Big Game Boomer's coming on. He's a huge, huge following on Twitter and Instagram. He's going to talk college football with us. And then after that, I got a little recruiting update that I want to get to regarding Louisville and Ohio State. So, Tom, you want to kick us off here? We're going to get to the grading sure, the NFL sure. position groups. So let's go to the wheel of teams, and let's get it going. I just want to say before the buying or selling thing, I watched uh, Wolf of Wall Street recently, so I'm feeling pretty dangerous. Mm, feeling yeah, you're ready. Financial. Yeah, yeah, I'm prepared. I did my homework. All right, let's start off. Let's get a team here. Hmm. Ooh, Seahawks. So you guys are going to be grading oh, the Seahawks oh, quarterbacks. A lock. Yeah, this is a, a hot-button topic. You, uh, so, well, I'm going to let you go first, Tom. So Geno Smith is still their backup, right? As He's as actually like listed as their starter right now. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think Drew Locke is probably more interesting to talk about. So do you remember like going into this past season – they're like it was between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater for the Broncos, and Drew Locke had some hype because he showed some really good flashes in his rookie year with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say all that hype is officially gone. So mm-hmm. if and then Geno Smith, we know what Geno Smith is. He's a career backup. I'd say he's one of the better backups in the league. But I agree. Still, like you're not going to win more than six games with them. So I, I I'll give the Seahawks quarterback room a safe D pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, like Geno Smith is like up there with Colt McCoy, you know, like, you know, the yeah. game isn't entirely over when your starter goes out. And um, Drew Locke is one of those guys that like, I think he's cool. Like I would like to hang out with him. He is, but he is cool. I'll give him yeah. that. But he's just like, He's not that good, and he's got his first official like banishment trade where it's like a good quarterback for an obviously worse quarterback. Like I, that's a, a colossal setback in any quarterback's career. So I, yeah, I I was gonna say the same. I think D is about right. All right, we're giving nope. him the D. No nope. double D for the Seahawks <laughs> quarterback room. All right, here we go. Spin New team. that wheel, team number two. Oh, almost Ooh. the Seahawks again. Giants. Giants, one of the worst teams in the league. We always get the garbage teams. With I the know. Players. I don't know. We got Bucks O line. That was pretty good. All right, we'll say um, Giants O line. The one that comes to mind is Andrew Thomas. I know he had a rough rookie year, but he kind of turned it around. Yeah, I'm still, a, I'm still an Andrew Thomas believer. I'd say. Yeah, so I think he is could be a plus player for them. The rest of the O-line, I'm not really sure. I know they had troubles because Saquon had absolutely no help at the times he was able to play last year. So I don't have much to say about him besides I'm going to give them a bad grade aside from Andrew Thomas. I'll give him a C-minus at best. You got to oh. make – a running back as good as Saquon, they have to be able to – help him get some yards you know i got the i got the giants depth chart pulled up here's their starting five on the o-line andrew thomas shane lemieux lemieux john feliciano i believe is how you pronounce it oh my god john feliciano evan neal oh i totally forgot about evan neal my fault evan neal could be a plus player too but i'm gonna have to say i'll still give him a c minus because who knows with rookie o-linemen but it's just going off of last year. How can you have a guy like Saquon be that terrible? That's just a bad reflection on the O line. Yeah, I, I give him a straight C minus. I I completely agree. I think I'm sure the rookie O lineman is gonna come in and do good. There's just I don't know. I I think in recent history, like 
first round O linemen tend to come in and make an immediate impact, but it's an O line is only as good as its worst member, you know. Right, because then they can just attack that one weak link. Exactly. All right, moving on. Okay, Next team okay. is Dolphins. Miami oh, Dolphins. Come on, please get receivers. I want to talk about this. Actually, I'd talk about quarterbacks too. No, boo. All right, so defensive line we'll go with. I'll read sure. The guys, I'll read you guys the starting the starting depth chart. The first team: Emmanuel Ogba. I think that's how you pronounce it. Raekwon Davis at nose tackle. Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle. I like Christian Wilkins. He's a funny guy. Uh, yeah, isn't so he? So he's guy another guy that, I'd um... like to hang out with. So I'll give him points for that. Overall, I give him a probably a C plus because I is... think Ugba is kind of overrated. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I give him um, I give him a B minus. I give him the benefit of the doubt. I think isn't Christian Wilkins the guy that goes? I'm not scared of you. He's like the big chubby funny guy. Kinda. That's like that's like every lineman, except the yeah. scary ones. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I feel like there's definitely room for improvement. Ogba has to play up to his billing. Yeah, and the Dolphins have um have improved a little bit all around as a team, it seems, this year. So I think that'll help out the D line as well. So I'll give him a, a straight B minus. The other thing is um they have good linebacker play with like Jerome Baker and guys like that, so it kind of makes up for uh, what could be considered a weaker D line. But right, you know. like like the D ends, I think themselves are very weak, but like their pass rushing scheme kind of hides that, you know. Yeah. All right. All right. One or two more here. We'll go to eight fifteen with this, and then we'll All right, switch it up. All right, Carolina Panthers. Panthers. So a lot of bad teams in this league. I know. We haven't gotten a good one yet. Ooh, Ooh this is room. interesting. Okay. All right, Will. How do you feel about Sam Darnold? Don't forget about Matt Corral either. No, yeah. That's, that's Matt Corral's not real. Part. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah, talk about Corral's Matt Corral. just a figment of our imagination. But <laughs> No, yeah, let's so, start with uh, Darnold. Remember Darnold? He kind of... He kind of was like an MVP candidate for like five weeks. I don't know about and, MVP candidate, but he was like, okay, he could be a, the starter for this team for a while. Yeah, I'll give you that. He wasn't. He was like, I, I think he was doing very good. He was like, like I was like, when I saw that, I was like, man, I would hate to be the Jets right now. Like that is so embarrassing. Like they are making like this guy is like this guy's legit, and then. I don't know what happened if somebody got in his head or if he got figured out and he just looked he just looked bad for he just was terrible. And um but but to think Matt Corral can come and beat him out immediately, I don't think so. I think it's still Darnold's job to lose, so I'll rank and I rank Darnold as a C minus. I'll give Darnold a C minus. The thing that kinda I've had this feeling about Matt Corral. Remember when everyone was kind of low on Justin Herbert? Yeah. I feel like Matt Corral gets the same treatment. I mean, I don't think he's going to be as good as Herbert, but I don't think he's going to come in and be as mid as people think. So I'll yeah. give Matt Corral the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him a C. I'll give him a C, and I'll give Sam Darnold a D because I don't think he'll ever be a playoff quarterback. I don't know if you remember this conversation, but a long time ago on this pod, I said, I think Corral is going to be the most or second most. I don't know if I said second most. So I got kind of cocky, but the maybe the most successful quarterback out of this year's class. And yeah. he's got a shot at it because I could see Darnold like throwing three picks and getting benched week two. You know what I mean? Right. Like the only so, guy that's probably going to start week one is going to be Pick it. Pick it, probably. I think he's But I think it, yeah. Ritter has a good chance to play. I mean, they all have a good chance to play because, like, guys like Malik Willis, Ritter, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Malik Willis, Ritter, and Corral all are behind quarterbacks that are like they're not set in stone. Yeah, and you know Ritter, even if he does start, he's he's got everything against him right now. Yeah, he's on. He is definitely going into the worst roster out of all these guys. Yeah. Vandy Chris is in the chat, live chat. He says Matt Corral be, will be the starter by midseason, provided that his knee is Yo, not yeah. a problem. Yeah, I, I, I believe that, that for sure. It. Maybe even sooner. Yeah. All right. So next overall, I definitely give the Panthers a weak QB grade, but who knows with Matt Corral? That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I look forward to it. Give us a good team. No, dude. Come on. Do you want to re you want to re-rack? Can we yeah. break the rules? Yeah, re-roll. Run it back. I'm spinning till we get a decent. The only team. bad team I'll talk about is the Lions. Oh. Oh, oh. yeah. What, you well, know what? The Jets you know have what? a lot going for them. Yeah, the Jets are on the up and up, it seems. While you're spinning, the Sultan of Swat in the live chat says Corral won't be the starter because they're going to bring in Baker. You know what? That, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, because weren't the um, Panthers like shopping for Deshaun Watson? They so were. They're still maybe in the quarterback look. Oh, blah, blah. Looking for a quarterback, sorry. And it looks like Baker's gonna get cut soon, so he can go wherever he wherever he pleases. Okay, do we want to talk about Jets O line or just Jets as a whole? Because I feel like Jets as a whole might be more interesting to talk about. Yeah, I actually I have a good um, I have a good monologue about the Jets. So all right, go for I it. I kind of you know as my me being my big Lions fans, I like to compare them to see if they're on pace with other teams in similar situations and i think the jets are kind of similar in the lions that last year they were both very very bad and um now they both got really good graft draft grades and they both have coaches that are like you know second year coaches that seem to be uh fan favorites um sala the guy from dearborn and he's really Campbell, shiny obviously. head he is a very shiny head, and he's kind of an animal. Like, remember when he like headbutted that one dude with the helmet on because he got so hyped, <laughs> and he's like, "Is that was wild?" And then, um, but so the Jets, they've got they had a great first round. I think they probably had the best first round in the draft, except for maybe the Ravens and then the Lions. But, uh, they're. I think they're maybe like a six or seven win team this year. And they have the upside of Zach Wilson. Like, you know, the Lions have Goff, and we've kind of seen what he's got. This is a huge year for him, but he's not going to go and shock the world. Like, I don't think he's got that in him. Zach Wilson might. Zach Wilson could take a huge second-year jump. And then they've got all their improvements. They've got good receivers, good or solid receivers, good running backs. And uh, Jermaine Johnson, you know, like I, I think the Jets could surprise some people this year. The only thing I'd say that's tough for the Jets is they are in a hard division, which makes it very difficult for a young quarterback to kind of get rolling because it's just got to be frustrating when you got to go out and play play against the Bills and then you got to go up against a Bill Belichick defense and then the Dolphins who are tough. You know, it's – it's going to be tough to go over 500 for a while, I think. But, I mean, yeah, be, that's, do, I guess. That's a good point. Like, I, you know, I, realistically, they could go. And they, it's looking like they might go winless in their division. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that entirely reflects what they've got, you know. Right. Like, you got to start by beating the Dolphins and then maybe steal one from the Pats and or steal one from – the Bills once in a while, but start by beating the Dolphins and work your way up, I'd say. Right. That's a good point. All right. All right. So I'll right, do eight, one more spin. We knew sure. one more spin. All right. Last position group. I don't know who that was, but someone's just sound like they're on a private jet. I think that was Will. <laughs> He's in an undis- undisclosed location. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, oh, we were just talking about Kenny Pickett. Ah, ah, so quarterback room for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, thoughts? 
All right, I have a question. Is it guaranteed that Kenny Pickett starts week one, or is Trubisky still got a chance? It is abs- I think it's absolutely not guaranteed. I believe that what the Steelers are trying to do involves them having Pickett start week one. And, um, but tr- the thing is, Trubisky is, he's so fringe starter, you know? He yeah. could, he could, you know, he, he's probably better than Pickett right now, would you say? Uh, I mean, he hasn't played in a year, but he, like, he got the Bears to the playoffs twice. Not only that, but he's he has a certain award that shows yeah, how good he is. The MVP. Imagine that. Imagine you just lost a playoff game and you're devastated. Like, it's like the worst day ever. And they're like, hold on. SpongeBob's got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to get slime dumped on you now. <laughs> it's like winning the Duke's Mayo Bowl, but worse. Exactly. Okay, so I'll give them... I'd say they have, for the teams that don't have elite quarterbacks, I'd say they have one of the better QB situations because I think you have two decent choices here. So I'll give them a C plus because I think whichever quarterback they go with, they have a chance to win games. Right, right. I think um, they either of these quarter or Trubisky at the worst is a quarterback you can win with. You won't win because of him. And I say you might win because of Kenny Pickett, but that's to be seen. So they have a high floor like that, you know? Right. And uh, is Kenny Pickett's a guy with small hands, right? Yes. Supposedly. Imagining according to the scouts. Allegedly, he wears gloves, yes. too. Allegedly. He does, he does wear gloves. Kenny, two gloves. Um, imagine he gets into the NFL and, like, the ball slips out of his hand because it's too big. I think that I mean, would be the worst Joe thing Burrow to had small for. hands too. So yeah, but not historically small hands. Oh, I, I think that's a stupid stat, but it could be kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, the ball didn't slip out of his hands in college that I know of, maybe once, but but the ball is bigger. It's like a whole like, eight, I don't know. I'm just being why are we wasting our time on this? He can throw know. a football. And yeah, he can, hold he can football, throw guys. a football. No, he's gonna retire. He's done. The ball's too big. He can't throw. All right. What grade are you giving the Steelers quarterback room? Oh, I gave him a C plus. C plus? I give him a C. All right. We're going to move on to our other NFL segment. Don't forget, Big Game Boomers coming on 830. College football talk there. Uh, buying or selling? So we have four NFL players for you guys, Tom and Will. And you're going to either buy their stock or sell their stock depending on their potential and other factors you want to include. So our first player, James Robinson. Will, you want to start? Yeah, I'd like to start. So um, we've got a few players here just because they're kind of in interesting situations, and essentially we're assessing whether we believe their trade value go up or down. And why James Robinson is so interesting, because he's obviously shown that he's got it. He can be a good running back in the league. Um. But the trouble that he may face is that ETN, a first-round running back that didn't play all of last year because of foot injury, is now back. This is the first time we'll be seeing both James Robinson and ETN. And, however, James Robinson had a bad year last year, but a lot of that can be attributed, or a lot of people will attribute it, to his coaching situation, and his coach was out to get him, allegedly. So we really got not too much to go off of except what we saw from one year when James Robinson was good two years ago. So I think I would sell James Robinson's stock simply because he's in, it's inevitable that he'll lose touches. All right, Tom, I'm expecting big things out of you since you just watched Wolf of Wall Street. So let's see what you have to say. All right, here's the thing. So if he's a free agent and I'm a team with a bad running back situation, I'm buying. But if I have also have Travis Etienne, I'm selling because you have the investment of a first-round pick. So keep in mind, James Robinson was an undrafted free agent. There's no investment there. But you have a first-round pick invested in Travis Etienne, 
you can't waste that by keeping James Robinson around. Um, I'm gonna like I see. Okay, I'm reading in the comments right now. I get he's talented and he had a good year. His his rookie year was good, but you can't pass up on the investment, especially with the short shelf lives of running backs. I'm selling. Like I do, but however, if he was a free agent and I need a running back, I'm not opposed to buying. But if I'm the Jags, I'm selling. I think he's a, a sneaky trade candidate to a contender. You know, uh, like what yeah. are what are some teams that uh need a, or that are close and need a good running back? Uh, the Bills. The Bills, yeah, yeah. The bill, the Bills would be great. I think. He, you know, he could go in there and co- command all the touches in the Bills. Yeah, I, I think if okay, I think if I'm the Jags, I'm selling. If I'm other teams, I'm buying. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I like it. Fair. I agree. All right. Moving on. Next player, Cedric Wilson. So Cedric Wilson, um, due to some injuries. Last he was uh I think he was four on the depth chart on the Cowboys last year and he stepped in and did pretty decently well I wouldn't say he was a stud but he played very well above average and now he's on the Dolphins where the Dolphins have Tua who you know how we all feel about Tua he's pretty pretty mediocre and they also have Waddle and Tyreek so. It looks like he's going to be a wide receiver three at best. And with Tua throwing to him, I think uh, I think I would still buy him because he was a he was a kind of far back on the depth chart last year and did what he needed, stepped in, did what he needed to do on the Cowboys, and he's he can only go up from here. I think I think I would buy. Yeah, just to be clear, Cedric Wilson's now on the Dolphins. Okay, um, personally, if I, this is another situation where it's the team he's on is different than the other teams. The Dolphins, you have Tyreek, you have Jalen Waddle, and I, do they still have Devontae Parker? Oh, they do. That would so make him. That makes that him, make him fourth like, on the depth chart again. So, like, do you really need Cedric Wilson? Like, they probably got him for nothing. But so I think if I'm the Dolphins, I'm selling because he has like mediocre production. I guess he's an athletic guy, but so is Jalen Waddle and so was Tyree Kill. So like, why do you need that extra? Like, why do you need a Camaro when you have three Ferraris? That's a that's a good analysis. Great analogy. Uh, Randy Curse is also selling, but his reason is because he's the ball. So. Okay, that was fair enough to buy. <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. All right, next player. Our third out of four players we have here. Quarterback from the Jets, Zach Wilson. All right. I I okay. hate quarterbacks. They make it so hard. But I'll go first if you okay. don't mind. Well, we'll it'll give you some time to, to formulate your thoughts. Yeah. I think... I'm going to buy Zach Wilson because he did bad enough last year where his expectations are low and his team got better in most areas. And I see that that, along with his potential, makes it unlikely that he will do worse than last year. So I may buy for a very small percentage in profit, but it's still a buy nonetheless. Okay, I will buy Zach Wilson as well because I think starting over at quarterback during this point of the rebuild would be stupid. And you also, he was, what, number two overall pick? Yeah. That's a lot of draft capital they already have invested, so I'm buying. Stick with stick with the program. And I see in the comments we goofed. Devontae Parker's now a Patriot, so you'd have – Two Ferraris and one Camaro. Hmm. Well, I don't think that really changes my answer, but I, I, th- I think that uh, that does change a bit because when you're the three receiver, you're guaranteed at least a couple of looks. 
but when you're four, you may not see the field on a game by game basis. Okay. But that it doesn't really change my uh, my outlook overall. Vanny Cress is skeptically buying only because of AJ Brown, which will help his numbers. Uh, I AJ believe Brown is AJ Brown is yes. I wrong wrong green team. It's okay. I've already goofed. Though. I've already goofed a couple times. So yeah, far, remember so. your misinformation podcast, right? The Sultan, the Sultan of SWAT, Wilson has some good weapons. He'd buy, right? Yeah. He's, He's got, got a great lot. guy to dump the ball yeah. off to. He's got a lot two stronger of them, offense overall than last year. I don't see why his production won't be way higher. Oh, my! And I like the look of um Elijah. No, not not Elijah Mitchell. Um, Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore uh, was really taking some steps up and getting better every week last year. So I think after an offseason, I think he might be really good this year. And I think Zach Wilson, that'll help him a lot. All right, we're going to get into our last player then. Big A Boomer, hopefully hop it on. So last player, Aaron Rodgers. Thoughts, buy or sell? You go first, Tom. It depends what point my team is at. If I'm a quarterback away, I'm absolutely buying. You can't take a guy that talented and say no if you're a quarterback away and can't afford it and check all those boxes. But if I'm not a quarterback away and you're the Packers, it's I almost like would say sell them if you're the Packers. Like you got to move on. So I'd say sell them if you're the Packers, but if you're a team that's a quarterback away, like how the Rams were last year, buy them. Yeah, I I agree too. I mean, like other than Aaron Rodgers, if you take Aaron Rodgers off the roster and replace him with not like a generational player, they have been due for a rebuild for like two years. So I I know what the Packers are thinking. Like, how could you possibly give away? one of the best players to ever play the game after two MVPs at this age. But it's like you could get pretty much anything you want for him and then fill out the rest of your roster and become a complete team because Aaron Rodgers has got, he's got hardly any help at all. And I, he, he's only, he can only be a magician so much. Right. I think if I'm the Packers, I'm selling. If I'm a quarterback away, I'm buying. That's my that's my answer. Yeah. Astute. All right. So that's the buy or sell segment. Real quick before we get Big A Boomer on here. He's I see him in the lobby here. Rob Gronkowski announces retirement today. Initial thoughts. This is not his initial retirement, but I feel this may be his last retirement. I think I think he's done. I think he's tired and he's won a bunch and he's got a bunch of money. One of the best players to step on the field. Always fun to watch. Entertaining guy. I just I hope the best for him. And now I don't have to play against him anymore. I was gonna say, do you think he got traded to the Lions again? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> jokes, jokes. Okay. Hawk yeah. for Gronk, straight up. The <laughs> ultimate tight end name trade. All right. All right. Moving so, uh, comment here. We'll hit this. Uh, the only teams that would buy would be the Saints and Steelers. And I was obviously referring to Aaron Rodgers. No one else should buy. Oh man, I don't think Aaron Rodgers could would hang out with the Steelers receiving core. <laughs> I think he would just not like him enough to not go there. <laughs> uh, Vanny Chris in the comments here says by mid by mid season he will be suiting up for Tampa. Heard that on the radio today that. Had, that his agent expects him to play at some point. Yeah, he probably just doesn't want to go through like week one through five and training camp and all that stuff. He just wants to go play in oh. meaningful football. Yeah, he doesn't care about all that training and stuff. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's he doesn't need all that. Oh no, I think he's talking about Gronk, but Oh yeah, Gronk. Oh Gronk. Oh yeah. I think um I think that's possible. We'll see. Maybe he'll just play he'll just uh yeah, maybe he'll just get signed like right before playoffs or something. Did you see the thing last year where it was like if he had to run, or maybe it was during the 2020 season, he had to run sprints. So instead of running sprints every day, he just sent videos of him in different shirts all on the same day running. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. 
All right, last comment here, then we'll get to our guest. Uh, Baby Gronk will be in the league next year. Notre Dame's tight end, Michael Meyer. I, I agree with this. I love Meyer at tight end. So. His name's Michael Meyer? His name is, in fact, Mayer. Michael Meyer. Mayer. Oh, I, I was going to say, yeah, his name's right. Michael Meyer. Like, he's definitely going like, <laughs> to lock for the it's, Hall of yeah. Fame. That's <laughs> what Tom said. Mayer. All right. So, next, we're going to welcome on Big Game Boomer. Uh, I guess you could say a very controversial Twitter follow, Instagram follow in the college football world. He makes all these lists and everything, and he makes some people mad. He makes some people pissed. It is what it is. It's a perfect balance. Uh, I know, Will, you got to depart, so bid you adieu. We'll see you next week. Yes, thanks for having me. Uh, Good segment. Unfortunately, I have to leave, but I will be in the comments. Yeah, stay stay, uh, cool in that 100-degree Sandusky, Ohio heat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yep. Not so undisclosed now, but I will see you guys later. (laughs) Yep. All right. So Big Game Boomer, what's going on? Can you hear us? Hey, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. What's happening? I mean, we got you on here. Your biggest guest so far. We got your socials up here. Anything Uh, else you want to promote to start? Man, I'm not that big. I'm just like you guys. Um, Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I just. Follow me on Big Game Boomer on Instagram, Twitter, and I got my podcast started up. Got some big, pretty big guests lined up. I've had some big guests on the show. Um, so we're just going to keep this thing rocking uh, and right into the start of the season, which is like, uh, what, under 60 under five 70. days? Yeah. 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 Something so, like man, that. It's going to be here before you know it. For sure. Yeah. Follow Big Game Boomer on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever else he is. So. You released your top 50 rankings, I believe, yesterday, and it caused some uproar. I asked for some fan questions, so let's yeah. hit some of these. Uh, Sidelines Clemson, obviously, you made some Clemson fans disappointed with oh, the yeah. ranking there at 13. I, You know that, obviously. Yeah. So he asked, why is NC State the number four team in the country, and what makes them better than Georgia, who's at number five in your rankings? Yeah, so I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say that NC State is better than Georgia. I think they're evenly matched, but you know, I base these rankings kind of on who I think is going to be in the college football playoff. And so like one through four right there, Bama, Ohio state, Utah, and NC state. That's my college football playoff. I think Georgia, I think they lose a game in the regular season and then lose in the sec championship to Bama and get bounced out of the playoff. So that's kind of where I have them. That's why I bet them at five right now. I think a lot of people get certain stuff mixed up about the rankings, whereas some people tend to go towards who's the most deserving team. And obviously you project NC State to be a more deserving team over Georgia and Utah to be a more deserving team over Georgia. Whereas yeah. some people are like, all right, I don't care if it's four SEC teams, but these are my top four teams. These are the best four teams. So obviously you're going with the most deserving approach. And this is yeah. like a postseason projection. Yeah, yeah. No, this is kind of what I'm thinking. You know, the, the title says entering, but this is kind of what I'm I'm thinking that it's going to look like uh, come the end of the year. And I think Utah is, is a very talented team. And because they're out West, they don't get enough attention. If they start Cameron Rising um, at the start of the season, they probably only lose one game, and that, that's to Oregon State. Um, I completely complete, agree, yeah. Yeah, they were a completely different team uh, last year, and he's coming back with a lot of the defensive guys um, and running backs. So I really like you. I, I really like Utah this year, and I know I have a ton of BYU followers, and they hate me for, for, rep, for propping up Utah, but I think they're going to have a really good year. I mean, you have a lot of followers of every team. So, all right, <laughs> yeah. next question. Uh, from sidelines, Mississippi State, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being straight facts or 10 being the onion, how serious are your rankings? It depends on the rankings. Um, you know, when I'm ranking players and coaches, um, that's very serious because, I mean, you, you follow me, so you'll see when I post, like, top 50 wide receivers or wide receiver coaches, and you see the reactions from the coaches and the players and I'll get players' parents messaging me saying, hey, thank you so much for ranking my son here. You know, he's working his tail off. Uh, thank you for noticing. Um, so I try to be very serious um, with, with those kind of rankings. And you'll see, like, PFF or 24-7 Sports, they'll do their rankings. And they're usually pretty close to what I have. Um, so there's no trolling in any of that. Now, 
Now, where I do try to have fun with it is, you know, when I do some stuff about fan bases, like today I did um, the all-time big brother in every state, and I put, like, a picture of Lane Kiffin uh, in the state of Tennessee, and uh, that got some good good responses. So so there's a seriousness part. There's there's seriousness to it, and then there's part of it where I'm just having fun. I mean, it's a good, good blend um, to keep people entertained. Yeah, for sure. I don't think people really realize how much work needs to be put in to put these lists together. I no, think, yeah, I mean, people don't. <laughs> yeah, how about they should they should start trying to rank top fifty running back coaches in college football? I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to you, please everyone too. So you're always going to make someone mad. Yeah, and I know that my list. I mean, it's really just my opinion, but it, it's a great talking point. You know, I love talking about college football and college sports in general. So it's really, hey, this is my list. And then let, let's argue about it. <laughs> That's kind of the whole basis of, of my account. I know I'm not perfect and every, my lists aren't the, you know, the ruling factor of college sports. It's, uh, it's just fun. Yeah, we're going to hit the live chat r- real quick. The Sultan of SWAT says, BGB, you said Georgia would lose one game. Are you predicting the loss in the SEC championship or a loss against Oregon, Kentucky? Where are you predicting that loss? Don't think they'll lose to Oregon. I, I don't see that happening. I see, um, you know, a trap game is at South Carolina. Um, I think I could, I, I just, I think between Kentucky, South Carolina, and Tennessee, I think they lose one game. Out of those three, and then I think they lose to Bama uh, in the SEC championship. So I still think they win the East, but I, I don't think they run through the season, you know, undefeated and just completely unscathed like they did last year. All right, there's your answer. All right, last question here on the screen. Uh, David asks, Wake Forest above Michigan? Why? Wake Forest loses ten out of ten times in Michigan. He said, not even a question. The ACC is weaker than the Big Ten. So what's the deal with Wake Forest over Michigan? That's debatable. I mean, look at look at what Michigan lost uh, this year. I mean, you lose Hassan Haskins, your your bell cow running back. You lose those two monsters on the edge, um, Hutchinson and the Jobo. Uh, a lot of turmoil at Michigan uh, with Harbaugh. That you know, you lose your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. I'm just I'm just not. I've got Michigan ranked at 18 just because they're Michigan. They have talent, but. But I really like Wake Forest because they have a very high-powered offense. Um, Sam uh, Sam Hartman is one of the best quarterbacks in the game. He brings back At Perry, his, his big receiver. Um, so they're going to put up a ton of points. Um, so that I mean, that's why I like Wake Forest, and I, I think there's more questions about Michigan than uh, Wake Forest this year. And that's really what it comes down to. Vandy Chris here in the live chat says Wake Forest puts up 30 plus on Michigan. Wake is that good. So, yeah. I mean, I think another thing uh, people don't think about with Michigan is they still, they don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. And having two quarterbacks, like a game, let's say a game kind of gets out of hand. McNamara starts the season. Let's say a game gets out of hand and they're like, oh, we got to put JJ in. Like a little mess like that can cause a game against uh, like a trap type game can cause that to get away from you and lose a game you shouldn't. Boom, you lose a game you shouldn't. You still got to play Michigan State and Ohio State. You're looking at probably two losses on the season, at, and you're already out of the playoff there. So I think a lot of people forget that. They don't have a set-in-stone quarterback, which can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, and they do have a very cupcake non-conference schedule. I, I mean, I think they play like Hawaii and uh, – They play UConn. UConn, Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Beefing up the schedule. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a toss up between, Penn, you know, like if look at that division, I'd say Ohio State is the clear there. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to touch them in the, in the Big Ten this year. And then you've got, I think Michigan State will come in second. And then I think it'll be a toss up between uh, between Michigan and Penn State. And I, I, I totally screwed up. I should have had Penn State in here. Um, I think they're somewhere in that, uh, what, 31 to 50 range. Um, so a lot of Penn State fans were ticked off at me, and I simply just forgot to put them on the list. <laughs> Comment here from Les Cowbell. I think ranking long snappers is an incredible feat and deserves more respect. Give big game boomers respect, guys. Yeah, no, that hey, that list goes cra- – I mean, 
players and coaches just go crazy over those long snappers because I mean, that's a position that no one really taught. You, you don't, you don't really want to know if, if you know your long snappers name, that means he's probably done something wrong. <laughs> so exactly. uh, it, it's cool to give these guys recognitions and there are awards at the end of the year for, for, for long snappers. So, you know, that's kind of what I base the rankings on guys that were, you know, award finalist or on the watch list. Uh, so yeah, but that is a fun list to rank. Someone asked me a player from a school asked me, he's like, when's the holder ranking coming out for holding field goals? And I was like, I don't know how I can judge that. <laughs> <laughs> you hold it or you don't. Yeah, exactly. Your catch rate or something. All right, I want to get to something, a new segment that we did last week. We call it Rapid Fire Questions. Okay. It's kind of like Family Feud, Fast Money style. There's no right answers. There's no wrong answers, though. That's what that's what's difference between me and Steve Harvey. Uh, okay. So I'm going to ask you five questions. No explanation. Just give me your answer. All right, one ready? One answer? Okay. One answer. Question one. Who will be the best group of five team this season? BYU. Which stadium do you most want to visit this season? Ooh, God. There's so many, man. Um, I, I'd love to go to uh, Happy Valley up in Penn State, wide out. Awesome. Uh, which first-year head coach will win the most games? This is going to sound extremely biased, but I, I think Brent Venables will. Who is your Heisman pick? I think CJ Stroud wins. I don't think Bryce Young wins two years in a row, and I don't think they'll give it to a defensive player with Will Anderson. All right, last question. Are aliens real? Uh, No, not an alien guy. I'm a UFO guy. <laughs> well, well done. I, <laughs> I try to surprise you with that one. <laughs> so, no, not an alien guy. Interesting, interesting. We'll get to some more fan questions. Uh, Walk on Red Shirts podcast asks, who is the biggest sleeper in the ACC this season? So not Clemson or NC State. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I really think Louisville is a team to watch out for in that Atlantic division. They've got Malik Cunningham coming back. They've got a very strong secondary. Um, I, I think they're a very dangerous team uh, in that division and in the conference as a whole. Um, so I would not be surprised at all if they pulled some upsets this year. All right, going with Louisville there. Uh, Norwegian golfer asks, well, you said rank the divisions. He's so I asked for clarification here, and we're going to rank ranking divisions rank using power stats. five, rank the power five divisions, and we're going to include the Pac-12 on this. So SEC West, SEC East, ACC Atlantic, ACC Coastal, Big Ten East, Big Ten West, <laughs> Pac-12 North, Pac-12 South. For this so, upcoming season? Yeah, for this upcoming season. Okay, and We'll so... say top three. You can rank your top three. Okay, so I mean, definitely the SEC West. Um, def- I mean, I, that that's a gauntlet every year. Um, and then I, I guess you got to go with the Big Ten. Man, I like the Big Ten East, but then you just think about Indiana, Rutgers, and Maryland. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll stick with the Big Ten East, um, just because the powerhouses in that conference, and then. One that is, you know, typically down, but but I really like the Atlantic, the ACC Atlant- uh, Atlantic Division. Um, I think that's some of the best quarterback play in the country uh, coming out of that division. So I'd have them at three. I mean, the ACC is kind of stacked with quarterbacks here. Oh my gosh, year. yeah, Cunningham <laughs> for Louisville. You got Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, the yeah. Kings coming in for Pitt. Jacoby, yeah. yeah, for BC. So, yeah. yeah, they're pretty stacked. Uh, all right, next question here. From VT00 Murdoch, will Oklahoma, your Sooners, will they have a will they have to change anything after they transition to the SEC? Will their recruiting change as far as new regions to recruit at? What can we expect from Oklahoma offensively scheme-wise? No, I don't think their recruiting will change much because they're already kind of going into the southeast and Texas and um kind of had a pipeline out in California, but I, I think that's gonna dry up with Lincoln Riley uh going out there. Um but yeah, they'll they'll always hit up Texas and the Southeast. It'll probably it'll probably be better uh, for OU. I mean, look at Texas A and M once they went to the SEC. Look at their recruiting. Um, so there's de- a definite advantage uh, recruiting wise. Um, OU's got to upgrade their facilities um, across the board and all their athletics. Um, and, and I know that that there's some big. You know, they're looking to do some renovations to the baseball 
they're getting a new softball stadium, uh, adding on to the football stadium. So, you know, they, they know that their current athletic facilities are not, you know, on par with what the SEC has for most of their schools. So they're trying to get everything done uh, prior to 2025, which is when I think they'll be in the SEC. And then scheme wise um, with Jeff Levy's offense, um, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, run and shoot guy, but he likes his quarterback to be mobile. Um, So I I expect, um, you know, quarterbacks sort of like Matt Corral last year um, that can throw the ball, but can also run for a hundred yards a game if they need to. Um, So we'll see. I'm worried about OU this year because if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt, I I think OU could be in some serious trouble, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I really like Jeff Levy at uh, OC. I think Oklahoma's going to be fine all around defense, offense. So, all right, next question here. Actually, last question, then we'll get to the live chat in a <laughs> sec. Sidelines for Fresno State. He's wondering, when are you making it out to Bulldog Stadium this year? Man, so I, I went out to Bulldog Stadium last year and had a great time. Man, that fan base and that atmosphere down there, it felt like something that, like a Big Ten or SEC stadium. Um, it wasn't like going to like UC, USC or UCLA where there's like 10 fans at the game. Um, so mad props to uh, to the Fresno fan base. I don't know if I'll make it out there this year. Um, just trying to get all over the place to places I haven't been, but uh, we'll see. You never know. All right. We're going to get to the live chat here. Uh, BGB is the U back. Uh, they're getting close. They're getting close. Um, you know, I like Tyler Van Dyke. Um I think their defense will be improved with Kevin Steele leading it. Uh, Josh Gaddis, I think, is a pretty good offensive coordinator. Um, and the thing about Miami, they play in probably the worst division in college football. So, like, they're going to beat up on the Georgia Techs and the Dukes and the – I forget who else is in that. Uh, Virginia, I guess. I mean, they don't have a defense. Um so, I, yeah, I wouldn't say back, like, just, you know, that swag that the U always had, but but I think they're going to win eight or nine games this year. Yeah, for sure. I think they're definitely in progress of being back. Yeah. They're not there yet, so got some work to do, but I like what Chris Ball is doing. Uh, another question here, which teams do better in the first five years after changing conferences? Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC or BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, or Houston? See, I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to struggle the first couple of years. So I, I would knock those two out. I think that Cincinnati and Houston are set up for the most success um, just because of, and, and this is assuming that Luke Fickle is still in Cincinnati, just because he's already got kind of his blueprint, um, how to run a program. Um, so they can just kind of come right in. And then Houston, um, they're already reaping the benefits of recruiting um from being in the big 12 and and that that houston area is a huge uh there's a ton of talent down there so so i really like cincy and houston and then byu we'll see uh it, it'll be interesting um you know different recruiting standards and then ucf will i mean they'll do well as well i mean that's just florida is such a competitive state to recruit in um i don't know if we'll see a big uptick uh you know right away I mean, if you didn't figure out already, uh, we heavily promote Vanderbilt football here. And one of our viewers, Vandy Chris, here asks, "Who does he? Who do you value more for Vanderbilt in the in the uh, quarterback battle they have going on right there? Mike Wright or Ken Seals? Oh man, Ken Seals was last year's starter. I'd have to go with I, Mike Wright, just because. I mean, Vanderbilt went what one and eleven? Did they they win a game last year? Did they did? They beat the. I'm pretty sure they won a game. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure they did, though. Yeah. So, I just I think Vandy needs a spark. Um, so, uh, I would say go with Mike Wright. But I mean, it sounds like that's really fifty fifty going into this summer camp. All right. It's interesting questions. questions. Vanderbilt. I don't get a lot of Vanderbilt questions. Yeah, I bet you've never really talked Vanderbilt football <laughs> on a podcast before. It was the first time for everything. All right, who will be the best new player to burst onto the scene? Either a transfer who hasn't proven himself yet or a true freshman. So a guy that I re- I think is going to absolutely go off this year um, is running back Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Uh, he came from TCU, uh, got kind of banged up in the middle of the season. But beforehand, I mean, he was just explosive, was, you know, having – 100-yard games, uh, can catch the catch the ball out of the backfield. 
Um, I think Lane Kiffin is going to really utilize his skill set, and he's going to have a monster year. Um, so I really like him. And then I also, um, for a freshman, you know, I've heard some really good things about Luther Burden uh, out of Mizzou. Um, I've heard he he's just a man, man, a man amongst uh, little boys. I mean, he's a he's a beast. Uh, so I would expect him to to have some. Uh, to Mizzou to to really look to utilize him uh, this year on their offense. Yeah, I was going to say, if you didn't mention Luther Burden, I was definitely going to point him out. I watched that Missouri spring game, and he was just incredible. Yeah, like you could, no, he's a stud. Yeah, he did not look like a freshman whatsoever. Also, another name to watch out for, Penn State running back Nicholas Singleton. True freshman this upcoming year. Uh, Penn State's got to run the ball. Penn State's got to figure out how to run the ball. Offensive line, it starts there as well. So Yeah. I think I do think they have a running back with Singleton or single Singletary or Singleton. I'm not sure. Is there other guy? Was it Polk? He transferred to to LSU or Kane? That was Noah Kane. Kane. Noah Kane. Kane. Yeah, yeah. He yep. went to LSU. So yeah, All right, they need to run the ball. Les Cowbell asks, any guesses on college coaches that will be coaching on an NFL team at this time next year? Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, it seems like every year uh, he's he's got an itch for, for, for the NFL. And that's my problem with, with Michigan is, is I, I think this, that the second he gets offered an NFL job, he's gone. Um, and I, I think the only, I, I think Michigan fully expected him to take that Minnesota Vikings job and turns out they didn't give him the job. And so it's really awkward. Um, so I could definitely see Harbaugh um, going pro. Um, that that's the number one uh, in my book. And just thinking of, of other guys, you know, I've always thought Brian Kelly would be a good NFL coach, but you know, he just made the move to LSU. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'd go with Harbaugh. All right. We'll go with one to two more questions here. Uh, yeah, keep Chris, them coming. Uh, he's going to, yes, here. When do you think Kirk Ferentz hangs it up at Iowa? <laughs> Never. He what he just signed an extension to 2028, I think. I believe he did. Yeah, I'm not sh- not sure about the year on that, but I did see you sign an extension. Yeah, so I don't know. I think he's looking for the right uh, you know, moment to retire. I I I in and I don't know this is probably not true. I'm just this is an assumption. I think he wants Brian Ferentz, his son to take over uh for when he re- retires eventually. And I think he's going to stay there until he feels like he has enough of the fan base's support to for Ferentz to be the head coach. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not a fan of Iowa's offense. I thought that Brian Ferentz should have been fired last year. Um, if you look at their numbers on offense, 99th in total passing, uh, 99th in total scoring, 109th in passing yards, and 102nd in rushing yards. Those numbers will get you fired at a power five coaching job as an offensive coordinator, but, and they did nothing to, they kind of forced out their quarterback coach. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I've been kind of back bantering with Iowa fans the last couple of weeks over this. So <laughs> we'll see. All I got to say is if Brian's the head coach after Kirk, I'm sorry, Iowa fans, you don't have much hope, especially <laughs> on offense. You know, you might get to a Big Ten championship game if they keep it at at the Big Ten East, Big Ten West, but there's no well, hope. I'm well, sorry. it's like it's like K State. Bill Snyder hung around because he wanted his son uh, Sean Snyder to to be the head coach, and just could not rally up the support of the fan base, and he just stayed there, and you know, probably a year or two too long, and uh, you know, they ended up not hiring his son. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's a famous quote out there. I mean, either I am definitely going to butcher this. You live long enough. No. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, like the hero and the villain stuff. I don't even know what the quote is, but we'll move on anyway. Yeah. We touched on Vanderbilt earlier. How about another Vanderbilt question? Will Vanderbilt win a game this season? Who is their non-conference? What's their non-conference schedule? Uh, They play Elon, Hawaii, Northern Illinois. They're not beating Northern Illinois. Uh, yeah, I like NIU. Yeah, Thomas Hammock, that's my guy. Um, they, I, I guess, I mean, they sh- should beat Elon. If they don't beat Elon, 
there needs to be a petition to get them out of the SEC because that's just ridiculous. Um, and then Hawaii, uh, you know, they going through a lot of turmoil, lost a ton of ton of talent because of uh, the whole issue with Todd Graham. But uh, I like like Jimmy Chang and uh, that offense. Uh, they're going to be scoring a lot of points. So, and that game that game is actually in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, zero. that's week zero. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think they're going to win that game. Um, so yeah, I just see them winning one game. Their other non-conference game is against Wake Forest. And based on your rankings, I know Vandy will have no shot, according to you. No, Vandy, Wake Forest may put up 80 points on Vandy. <laughs> All right, here's an interesting question. We'll wrap it up after this. Yeah. I saw this earlier after the NFL draft. Do you think players undrafted with eligibility still remaining in college, should they be able to return to the college game? Absolutely. And here's why. Because when when these guys are at the end of the season – you would not believe you, all of the agents that are in all of these players' ears saying, "Hey, you need to come come out now. You're going to get drafted. Uh, this and that." And I mean, they, a lot of a lot of these guys get horrible advice uh, from some of these agents, and so they, you know, make their Twitter saying, "Hey, uh, Gamecock Nation, thank you. I've decided to enter the NFL draft." And then the NFL draft comes around, and you never hear their name. Um, some of them get picked up on the practice squad or undrafted free agents but a lot of them just kind of go unsigned and uh, that's it. Uh, so yes, they should absolutely be able to come back and play uh, college football. I think because just uh, they get horrible advice from a lot of these agents that are not looking out for their best interest. All right, Tom, you have any uh, final questions here? Oh, I just wanted to talk about your, the list that you make. So, I mean, we started this podcast a couple months ago and I've had to yeah. make a few lists and man it is difficult. Cause like we were making lists just of NFL teams and that's a little easier than college because there's a lot less. Yeah. And I'm like for, forgetting easy teams. So I want to mention that and kind of give you some props because I feel like it kind of like, like I don't think you get enough credit for that. And yeah, then no, the, thanks man. The other thing was, uh, I like how for some of your lists you had, I remember your punters list, you had Bryce Berenger, if not really, if not one, he was up there. And then um, I think for your like best dressed head coach, you had Mel Tucker at one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm, Tuck, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Tuck has the swag down pat. I mean, that dude has a tailor-made suit every time you see him. <laughs> yeah. All right, I know you touched on this with Josh Payton in your uh, last podcast. Yeah. But let's cowbell. Perfect timing. We're talking about Michigan State. What are your thoughts on the direction of the Spartans? I, I really like what Mel Tucker's doing. Um, you know, he's hitting the transfer portal. He sees the transfer portal as free agency, basically. I mean, he's coached in the NFL, so he sees it as free agency. And then his recruiting strategy is a lot different from Mark D'Antonio's, where D'Antonio would try and find those undervalued guys um, in like Ohio and Midwest. And Tucker's just going. He's going after guys in Georgia and Florida and Texas, um, and he's getting results. I mean, he's picked up like two four stars, two top three hundred guys in the last couple weeks. Um, so you know they pay, they gave him that huge contract. I think it was like ninety five million dollars over. I forget how many years, but I, I like him. I'm a, I'm a believer in uh, Mel Tucker. I, I I think they have a bright future, and he's a solid leader uh, for that football program. All right, we're going to end it on that. Thank you for joining us, Big Game Boomer. And yeah. anything else you want to promote? No. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we'll have you on during football season sometime if you're not too busy making those lists. Absolutely. It. Absolutely. And yeah, thanks for hopping on. Yeah. All right. Y'all take it easy. You too. All right. All right, that was Big Game Boomer. Biggest guest we've had so far. He has over 40K on Twitter, over 40K on Instagram. But I want to end with this. So recruiting in for the 2023 football class, it's kind of, you know, taken, it's kind of, what was I going to say? It's taken an upswing in the past week. There's been a lot of events in the past week. I want to start with this. Ohio State, Brian Hartline, the wide receiver coach, is one of the best recruiters in the college game. He just landed two five-star wide receivers in back-to-back -back days. Today he landed Brandon Innes from Fort Lauderdale. Five-star. He's the second-ranked receiver in the class. Carnell Tate, he landed yesterday. Third-ranked receiver in the class. I'm just saying this, but 
I think Brian Hartline's one of the best recruiters in the game. And if I'm a group of five program or even a lower tier power five program, I would take a shot at Brian Hartline at being my next head coach. Like he's that good of a recruiter. And you look at the guys he's brought in over his years at Ohio State. Let me read you this list of names. Garrett Wilson, Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Amika Ibuka, Carnell Tabern, and as we just went over, and Jamison Williams. Those are just some of them. He has six five stars, and no other school has more than three. I mean, that's just it speaks for itself. If I'm I'm taking a chance on uh, Brian Hartline, if I'm a if I'm a Group of Five program, especially. Yeah, I know Tennessee really thought they had a chance at uh, Carnell Tate because they. Like I think, because I know uh, Nico, I am Malaleva. He was really in his year. They were trying to get him. They were sending him to. They were sending Tate to like all the Tennessee like super regional baseball games and this and that. They really thought they had a good shot at him, but I guess Brian Hartline swooped in. I mean, how can you say no? Like, look at all the Ohio State receivers in the NFL. They have five stars on five stars. They're gonna put up ridiculous numbers in that offense. Like, if it's you're a receiver. Crazy. Why would you not want to go there? You know how we kind of look back at the Alabama quarterback room from like three or four years or ago? Or like with the Mac Alabama Jones, running back room? The Alabama running back room. We're going to do the same thing with these Ohio State receivers. You can't tell like me Ohio State's not wide receiver you. I mean, they are 100%. Just yeah. reading that list, how could they not be? And Brian Hartline has only been coaching since 2017. And he's all of the all of the years have been as an Ohio state assistant. Now he's uh, going to be the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach for the Buckeyes. If I'm a team, if I'm like Bowling green, I'm let's just say they go two and 10, they fire Scott Leffler. They have no head coach. Why wouldn't I go after a guy like Brian Hartline? He's, I mean, he played for the Browns. Brian for Hartline's football card from the NFL. Well, there you go. Oh, I mean, he's from but... Canton, Ohio. Like he, he has he, he understand he is Ohio he is wide receiver he, he I mean he is he was a wide receiver obviously so he knows what he's doing I'm gonna say that so that's one thing I wanted to touch that touch on not touch down uh secondly Louisville just landed a five-star recruit actually the second highest rated recruit in their history can you guess their highest rated recruit in history Louisville is it Teddy Bridgewater, he's eighth. He was only a four. What? What about? Yeah. Is it? It's not Lamar, is it? It is not Lamar. He's from the class of two thousand three. He played for the Chicago Bears. He's a running back. Oh, Matt Forte. No. What? Michael Bush. Oh. Michael Bush. So anyway, yeah, five star running back just committed to to Louisville. Number one. At the running back spot in the 2023 class, he is ranked 16th overall nationally. Five-star running back Ruben Owens just committed to Louisville. What was it yesterday? So, how did this happen? He took an official visit on the 17th, which was last weekend, last Friday. He got crystal balled there on the 20th, which was yesterday on Monday, and he committed right after. I'm not saying it's illegal. But Something's a little does. sus there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I give credit to Louisville. I mean, they probably use an IL money because Louisville's a big city. I'm sure they have some resources there. I mean, large alumni uh, alumni base there. But is it a little suspicious? Maybe, especially considering that some people would argue Scott Satterfield's on the hot seat. But either way, credit credit is deserved for Louisville. I'm going to say that. So. That, that, I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he's one of those five stars that, like, you never hear of again. I haven't watched any tape on him, but I f- I think he's going to be good. He's drawn some good comparisons. Obviously, all the five-star recruits have. Let me try and find him. I mean, he's super fast. He competes in track and field. He ran sub-11 seconds, like, three times as a junior. Uh, this spring, What's, so I know, uh, BGB was talking about it. Louisville actually has a decent outlook going into the season, like they're kind of a dog in the ACC. So, I mean, they have a great quarterback, Malik Cunningham. He's a very good dual threat quarterback. I'm concerned about the line play, that's what I'm concerned about. They have the skill positions pretty down pat. I'm concerned about the line play. It'll, See, I, that's the I'm thing interested. is, line, line play can make a running back look bad. 
Exactly. That's Penn State's problem, too. I thought they had decent running backs with Noah Kane and Kevon Lee, but uh, line play wasn't good enough. So we got Uh, a comment regarding this. In the Kentucky slash Louisville talk, people are comparing the first three years of Stoops to the first three years of Satterfield. Louisville's thinking if he gets the leash of Stoops, he'll keep getting these top recruits to rebuild. I mean, I think Stoops is miles ahead of Satterfield in terms of coaching and recruiting. Like, they're, Kentucky has no business being – like, their over-unders at, like, eight-and-a-half wins right now. They have no business being there. I am i don't know what Stoops' first three years looked like. not sure when he even started there, but it feels like forever ago. So, I mean, yeah, Satterfield definitely can kind of catch up to Stoops and the Kentucky program. I mean, they got resources. Like I said, they're in Louisville, big city. So, it's definitely doable, but – He's also on the hot seat. If he doesn't perform this year, Satterfield could be gone. So you have to consider that as well. So any final comments from you, Tom? Uh, not really. I think I'm I'm all set. I know last time we ended talking about pizza, and the final comment was Capri Sun, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, that made us laugh. I don't know if David <laughs> tuned in today. Oh no, he said he was going to tune in after. So uh, yeah, David, that made us laugh. Uh. I know my college world series team's already out the Hispanic Titanic and the, the Texas Longhorns are already out. I was kind of disappointed from our uh, classic conversation Texas. last week. Classic, yeah, classic Texas. Texas. So yeah, hopefully we'll have some cool guests on soon. I'm eyeing a few people to come on the show. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next week. More NFL, more college football talk. College football season is under 70 days away. People it's coming in the NFL is probably like 80 ish. So, We'll keep bringing you the content if you keep tuning in. Thanks, everyone.